0: Welcome to the Cultural Cultivators podcast by Belay Creative and Cultivate Labs, where we explore the diverse and dynamic world of Filipino-American culture. This episode is guest hosted by another one of our outstanding graduates of our very own Unsung Heroes Youth Podcast program. We launched this program last year with a goal to spotlight the diversity and strength of the next generation, while also offering role models for young listeners. Our talented hosts, where their distinctive perspectives, inject fresh insights into these cultural cultivators' conversations. This second graduate of the Unsung Heroes Youth Program is the exceptional Benny Del Rosario. Benny is a junior at Summit Shasta High School. During the podcast program, Benny learned new skill sets, gained confidence, and also gained more knowledge of his own Filipino culture. In today's episode, Benny develops a deeper connection to his own Filipino role model, his father, Reynaldo. In this episode, we explore Reynaldo's experiences as a first-generation immigrant and the cultural traditions he carries with him in the diaspora. You can find more information about the Unsung Heroes Youth Podcast Program at belaycreative.org.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Benny Del Rosario, and I'm a junior at Summit Shasta High School. And I wanted to interview Reynaldo Del Rosario, or also my dad, because I wanted to cover an informational podcast digging deeper into Filipino heritage. My dad just turned 65 years old on July 28th and was born and raised in the Philippines. Furthermore, he lived both his perspectives, he spent half of his life in the Philippines and the other half living here in America. With his wise old self, he could really represent as a Filipino-American and could share first-hand experience with quality knowledge. Welcome to a podcast dedicated to exploring the rich tapestry of Filipino heritage and tradition. And together, we'll embark on a captivating journey through the vibrant culture that has shaped the Philippines for generations. The Philippines, a nation brimming with captivating tales and enchanting customs, is a melting pot of various influences from its indigenous roots, Spanish colonization, and the mingling of cultures from around the world. From the bustling streets of Manila to the Chanquil provinces, we'll traverse and uncover the treasures that lie within its culture. My intention is to unveil the diverse side of the remarkable heritage that has been passed down through the ages. Moreover, we'll shed Light on the culinary wonders of the Philippines, a true paradise. From the delectable adobo to the mouth-watering holo-holo, will tantalize your taste buds and reveal the unique flavors that make Filipino cuisine so beloved around the globe. So prepare to embark on a remarkable voyage of discovery when the stories of our ancestors come alive and where the tapestry of Filipino heritage unfolds before our very ears. And the Unsung Heroes Youth Podcast program is presented by Cultivative Labs, and Balai Creative. Thanks, Dad, for letting me interview you for the podcast I'm working on. First off, I want to ask, how was your day?
2: Good. I did a lot of errands. I dropped you to your baseball game. But before that, we went to Gilder Park to do a uh, short practice to prepare you for your game. And I think it worked out because you played good. During the games, so the short practice we had, yeah, you know, played better. Can you tell me some background
1: information about you and your life in the Philippines when you were young?
2: Yeah, I have three siblings, mm-hmm. three sisters, and I'm the only boy in the family. Okay, so I went to school. It's just for the boys, Saint Andrew's School. During my high school, where in the Philippines? This is in Pariñate, where we live, probably 40 miles from Manila. How old were
1: you and uh, what grade were you in that time?
2: Um, During my high school uh, years, uh, I was uh, 14 on my uh, freshman. So I graduated high school when I was 17. Okay. And this was in St. Andrew's School. Just for the boys. Okay. Yeah, and it's a it's a It's close to where I live. Yeah. And then I went to college, University of the East. I graduated college with a degree of BSBA. That means BSBA is Bachelor of Science in Business Administration. And my major is Accounting. Okay.
1: What was... Paranaque-like? Can you tell me like the environment?
2: Okay, Paranaque is a it's a small barrio Mm -hmm. where most of the people who live there because most of the people that I know were born and raised in Paranaque. So my friends when we're growing up there are my friends when I was little until my college days you mentioned that you live in a small barrio
1: and most of the people there that were born and raised in parniake and that's just really cool and a good experience overall because here in america specifically here in Daly city when i was growing up in this household i couldn't really find any neighbors or friends that are my age and knowing that you've gone through that experience is just really cool and you probably created a lot of strong bonds and memories with those people or your friends. Can you paint a picture of a typical day in your life in your hometown when you were still in grade school? What scenes, people, or activities would be present?
2: Well, during school days, we don't have much time to play. So it's a routine house, school, do your homework. But during summertime, that's where we don't go to school and we have a lot of time to play with my friends. So I have seven good friends that we stay together until we become adult. And our typical day was uh, during summer is we always play. Like what? I don't know what you call it. It's tumbong presso.
1: Oh, tumbong presso. I remember you calling it also tumbalata and uh, batolata. I remember you introducing me that game when I was little. And you told me it was a Filipino traditional children's game. And the game involved throwing a slipper out a can or a bottle. Which one player in the Taya attempts to guard the slipper from hitting the can. And it's usually played in backyards, parks, or in streets where there's minimal traffic in that area. It's so it's not like... Here in America where there's like baseball and football and no. soccer.
2: Oh, well, baseball, yes. We play baseball. But the thing, when at that time when we were playing, uh-huh. because we're poor, we cannot afford to buy bat and, and baseball gloves. But we uh, improvise. Mm-hmm. We cut cardboard yeah. and then fold it and then put a rubber band. And that's what we use as a glove. And our ball is not the baseball. It's a tennis ball. <laughs> Okay. And the bat that we use, mm-hmm. it's just uh, whatever stick that we can find. And we use it as a baseball bat. So, but we play the game, same as what you're playing here. There's a first base, a third base. So
1: after playing with your friends, or what time did it take place usually
2: when hanging around with your friends? It's always in the afternoon. After uh, school? Uh, no, yeah. don't, not no. I'm in talking, that. I'm talking about during summer break. Oh, because summer break. During school... We don't have time to play, because we have to uh, do our homework. Then we have to sleep early. Mm-hmm. Well, oh well, Saturday, Sunday when there's no school, yeah, we we play and we hang around with my friends. But the my favorite month is during summer break. Yeah, when okay. there's no school, I just have to play with my friends, mm-hmm. hang out with my friends. After we play around, we dinner early. So you so, so after I have to go home by six o'clock in the afternoon. Because that's the time we eat, okay, and your my mom, which is your grandma, mm. yeah, she's a good cook, so she she cooks food for us and she wants us to eat all at the same time can you can you describe that scene, the
1: dishes on the table, and like the conversations that took place there? well the food she, um,
2: we have our favorite, not only me, even my siblings. Mm-hmm. We like the sinigang, nababoy, the mm-hmm. which is the pork, uh, pork sinigang, uh, and then um that's that one has a soup. And then Lola will also, your grandma will also cook what they call this fried fish or fried beef or fried pork mm-hmm. to go along with the sinigang. Okay, and sometimes know Lola also. Cook calamalaga—that's uh, one of our uh, favorite dish too—and adobo. Uh, you're familiar with those food because your mom is cooking those food, mm-hmm. and that's your favorite too, right? Well, the, the dinner is just a normal thing. We we eat, talk about anything. Yeah.
1: Okay, Dad. What can you say about the Filipino heritage?
2: Oh, speaking about Filipino heritage. The Philippines was colonized by Spain for 300 years. Imagine 300 years. Uh So, Spain has a lot of influence with the Filipino lives. So, how we live then and how we live now, they have a big influence on our custom and tradition. Imagine 300 years they colonized us. Uh, That's why there are some words that we thought Filipino, but actually they're Spanish. Example is cuchara, tinidor. I thought th- those are Tagalog words, but actually it came from a Spanish word. Mm-hmm. The cuchara, tinidor, the basura, pinto, the door, mm-hmm. mesa, the table. So we adapted the, a lot of Spanish life. That being a Christian, they introduced that to the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And we have this celebration, we call it fiesta. It's a religious feast. We celebrate that every year to honor our patron patron saints. So we have this town fiesta. During fiesta, it's a fun day for us because Filipino are looking forward to this event. So night before, uh, day before the fiesta, they're busy cooking food and decorating their house and even the streets. The people decorated the streets with these, what do you call these? The pennant or the small flags, uh, you can see. just okay. like in Mexico, when they do their event, they put the banderas, band, no not banderas, probably banderas. What's that? A, it's a, they cut a small flag or a diamond, and they put it on a string. Okay. And then yeah, that's, that, that's how they, uh, they decorate the, the street. You mentioned that the Philippines
1: were colonized for 300 years. What happened during that whole era? What happened during the Spanish time when the Philippines was
2: getting colonized by Spain? Well, the Philippines, any countries that's being colonized or influenced by other countries, they, they don't like it. That's why they, they, they revolt against the colonizing country so we have this we call it a hero we i learned it from school his name is dr jose Rizal. he he doesn't agree the way the spaniards or the spanish treat the filipino and force them to do things that they don't like so he's the the brain of the revolutionary he's a doctor an eye doctor and he's very intelligent so he thinks on how the how they will walk against these Spaniards. And there is this guy, He's the strength, the the strength of the Philippines. he's also a you know, his name is Andrés Bonipacio. Uh-huh. He led the Philippine Revolution. It's they call it the band of Filipino Revolutionary. They call their name as KKK. KK in the Philippines means katasta kagalang-galangan, katipunan ng mga anak ng bayan. In English, which means uh, the supreme and honorable association of the children of the nation. So, they revolt against the Spaniards. Uh And eventually, they they put what they call this, they were able to free us from Spain because of this revolution. So, I I just learned that from school. Those are the... Heroes, okay.
1: Speaking about heroes, do you have a hero yourself? You mean in my family? Yeah, in,
2: within your family? No, I no, I I I won't call it a hero, but I look up to this person. He's my uncle, the oldest brother of your Lola, of your grandma. Mm-hmm. His name is Pepe. Pepe is a. Is a, a brave man uh, mm. during the uh japanese invasion i from what i learned from lola that he joined the pillar to fight against japanese army and he was i think he has a position in that uh, guerrilla movement if not a captain or a sergeant, something like that but he was he has a uh, rank in the guerrilla movement and then after the war ended, mm-hmm. he became a uh, police chief in our town. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, that's why I look up to him because he's well-respected in our place. He became a police chief. What's well, a police chief, right? Yeah. Just like here in, in America, they have, they're up there. And he's a very disciplined person. And he took care of the whole family because he was the oldest and he 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 looked after his siblings
0: okay
1: okay can you share any more stories about our filipino heritage
2: well going back to heritage i would say filipino heritage about the filipino folk dances okay so we uh, I can uh, remember three uh, Filipino folk dance, the tinikling yeah. the, the the famous one the tinikling wherein they use a bamboo mm-hmm. and and the dancers they hop on the between the bamboo they we have the 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 itik-itik dance yeah. itik it's they imitate the the duck moves they wave, they swing, they fly. There's another uh, Filipino folk dance, mm-hmm. Pandalgo sa is the dancers, they're holding a candle mm-hmm. in a, I think, a glass, a, a, a candle glass, and they dance uh, with that candle. And you will be amazed. It doesn't fall. They turn, they turn, they, they bow, and they were holding both hands this candle. And that's the Pandalgo Sa ilaw dance. I know there's some more folk dances, but I that's the the famous one that I can remember. Oh, there's another one. I don't know, the the Bao dance. They have this coconut shell. Mm-hmm. They, they they use this. As a, like a drum? Yes. No, but but they were the girls were wearing it as okay. their bra. Okay. And and they were holding two coconut shells on their hands. And then they make sounds of it. So, well, I don't, I'm not a good dancer, so I don't know how to dance this. But when I was lit, during my elementary school days, they teach us this dance. Another thing about the heritage, Filipino heritage, our customs and tradition, is the bayanihan. What does that mean? Well, bayanihan means neighbor helping your neighbor. They help each other, just like well, let's say my, oh, my neighbor bought a new land around the town or, or area and we have, they have to move there to the new land. The, but the town folks will help the neighbor moving to carry the house. And, and, and store the to, house. Yes. Yes. Because back then it's just a Nipahat, the foundation are just bamboo. And so they, they 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 will move the house they carry it the the town folks, the men, especially the men and boys carry it and carry the nipahat and then bring it to the new place where the neighbor is gonna live so that's that's byhan and also helping out during say a wedding party or big event they help with the cooking cleaning, cleaning the place, setting up tables. That's part of the Bayanihan, as far as I, I, I remember. But I don't think nowadays it's still in existence in the Philippines, the Bayanihan, because I, the culture or the heritage has shifted.
1: Is this caused due to modernization and globalization?
2: Yeah. Those heritage although it's still there but it's not that being practiced or or it's still there but it's not as it's not as commonly practiced by by the people. N- not anymore because of the modernization. Uh, now just like here in America when you're gonna move to a new place or a new house, you rent a U-hole or a mover. Mm-hmm. And then you pay the bayanihan. Now, uh, your your neighbor, the town folks, will help you for free, and without any condition. Yeah, I miss that. I miss those heritage and tradition. Although I believe it's still there, but it's not as commonly practiced or or done anymore back there in the Philippines. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, but we're in the 20th century now. So, we live in a modern mm-hmm. country, yeah. But I still have, some people, they still have that uh, old custom and tradition that we inherited from Spain. Yeah. Especially during Christmas season, the Christmas time. We celebrate the Christmas Eve, the, the, maybe this, the Noche mm. Mm-hmm and the New Year's Eve, the Medianoche okay, my grandfather, your great-grandfather mm-hmm. he made it a point during Christmas Eve that the whole family my us, my dad and my dad's siblings, family we're gonna eat all together during Christmas Eve 12 midnight on my, my grandfather and my grandmother they will set up a long table so my dad and his sister and their children we're gonna sit and eat the midnight dinner the Nocho Buena.
1: i know you still did i know you
2: showed it to us your kids yes I, i'm carrying, carrying that tradition, tradition that my grandfather tell on me that during uh, christmas eve or christmas yeah christmas eve no one will go to other places, you have to stay in the house and celebrate the Christmas with with your family. I'm carrying the tradition, as you may have noticed. Every Christmas Eve, we eat all together, and you cannot open your gift until you finish eating, right? Because that's what my uh, grandfather and my grandmother uh, taught us back then. When I was a kid, I always sneak and say I try to open my gift, mm-hmm. but. They won't allow me until i finish eating my my dinner the nacho and we have a set of food that we prepare during nacho buena what's, what's, what's it's what's, uh, it's it's this is every year we don't change it and we carry it here mm-hmm. your mom is doing the same food or say serve, serve, serve the same food as we we were eating back then when we, when we were little here. Yeah. can you paint a picture of what it would look like like the dinner
1: table not the dinner table but like the table where the yeah floor.
2: yeah well, at that time it's only my grandmother who who cook mm-hmm. and prepare all the food that we're going to eat for for the noche buena and she start she started early she, well, you will what cook. time oh maybe early in the morning because she the, the food that we eat or she prepared during uh, Noche Buena is the nilaga. The nilaga, mm-hmm. the beef um, broth, the yeah. soup. Mm-hmm. The nilaga, the asado. Mm-hmm. Asado, I think it's it's a Spanish uh, dish. Well, the an, another influence by Spain on the food. So, nilaga, asado, the ham, the big ham, the, the length of the cow it's a well it's um it's and the cheese queso de bola what else i think that's it the nilaga the asado the The bread the hamon. yeah the queso de bola the cheese and sliced bread Mm -hmm. yeah and now that's what we eat also right yeah same thing same thing as what my grandparents feed us during uh, not your brain now. and just like I said, um, uh, you cannot go to other places to celebrate uh, uh, the Christmas Eve. You have to be in the house, and that's what I'm plan on doing and to continue. I hope you're gonna do the same when you have your own family to carry this tradition. This is very important to me, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, among our siblings, I'm the only one who's doing this. My yeah. three sisters, they don't do the their family noche mm-hmm. but us, me. I yeah. like this tradition, so I want to carry this, and I want you to carry this this tradition when you have your own family. Yeah,
1: you think you think this was influenced by Spain? Spain, isn't it? Yeah. It, was, yes. it was influenced. I believe okay. so.
2: Yes, I believe so. You
1: remember when you were talking about the what was it the the hut what what do you call it the house the, the, the banyan what was it? it it stopped
2: no it's the people that I think now in the in the bar they don't they don't do it it, it it wasn't just not commonly practiced anymore not anymore and and because now they're only maybe in the in the province okay but not in Manila because houses now in Manila are concrete maybe in the province they're still doing it but it's not it's not that often
1: to keep talking about commonly practicing are there any specific religious or spiritual beliefs that are commonly practiced in
2: the Filipino community yes Catholicism this was this was also introduced by uh, Spain they introduced us to uh, Catholicism about you know being a Christian, about God, going to church, celebrating Christmas. This is an influence by by Spain. Yeah. Also during Christmas, there is this Filipino tradition that we do the Simbangabi. the oh, midnight. That the, that is a midnight mass. Filipino mm-hmm. well, ten days before Christmas. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, that every night
1: of. Four- with the Buena Noche or Noche buena. buena. Before that, you have to. We go to, go to mass to... Christmas Eve on the on the twenty fourth. Yes, that's the
2: fifteenth day. Yes. And
1: go to mass at twelve a.m. How yes. come? How, how come we couldn't go the next day or something? Or like, how come we had to go at twelve a.m.?
2: Because that's what my grandparents teach us to welcome the Christmas day. That time. The, the the transition from December 24 to December 25. So we attend always the Midnight Mass. But prior to the Midnight Mass, the Sibangabi, this is a unique edition of the Filipino. The, they go to church every night until the 15th day, which is the 24th. Mm-hmm. You have to complete this. This is hard. I only Completed this, the uh, Simbang B not so many times, but I tried to when I was younger. But we don't miss the midnight mass on the twenty-fourth. Okay, yeah, midnight mass, except when there was COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can, there's there's no church were not open at that time, but we continue to do that. Uh, just recently, yeah. Wait, is it only practiced by Catholic Filipinos celebrating the resurrection of Jesus on Easter? I think so. I believe so. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, a, a Catholicism because other religion they they have a different uh, belief and understanding about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's about your belief, and a religious belief. So, but the uh, Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus is about. It's a Catholicism.
1: Now, what do you think about young Filipinos today and how they embrace and celebrate their cultural heritage in a modern context?
2: I think, in my opinion, young Filipinos today, they lost the value of this tradition. They don't practice it anymore. They're so modernized now. Mm -hmm. But I think some or a few still values this tradition. Why, why do you think? I think they get they, they get lost with this heritage mm-hmm. and tradition, especially kids that born here in the U.S., mm-hmm. because they never experienced that or practiced that in their, or, or maybe their parents. They don't teach them this heritage and culture and tradition. That's why it's somehow got lost with these uh, young young filipinos the values of this but this question i should be throwing you this question you should be answering this question how how are you embracing and celebrating the cultural heritage in 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 these um modern days why are you asking me i'm the person that's supposed to be interviewing you because you represent the young ones the young filipino today i told you it. I st- the values and tradition and the heritage I learned, mm-hmm. I still within me. I try to practice and continue to do it. So, but uh, somehow it's got lost, on the young generation like you. So you have to tell me what's your opinion? How would you embrace it and celebrate? do you still celebrate the Filipino heritage? Yeah, of course.
1: I still embrace and celebrate the cultural heritage. Because of you, because you've been influencing me to celebrate this and continue on the family
2: traditions and our Philippine, Filipino roots. Yes. Yes. Just like I said, maybe a few and that's us, a few. Yeah. So I want you to do this and continue to do this Filipino heritage and, and, and culture and traditions. So yeah, I, it's yeah. very important to not lose this tradition. Yes. Yes, I agree, Benedict, I agree, this is, this will keep the families closer together with these traditions and culture. Being a, it's a close-knit family, if you continue to, to practice and celebrate uh, the old traditions and culture that I've learned, which is now I am passing it to you, and I want you to continue this and keep this in mind. Just mm-hmm. like the celebrating Christmas, the Simpang the Midnight, the Noche Buena, and the New Year, the Meja Noche. I want you to continue this. I don't want this to uh, be lost mm-hmm. in our family. You know? And I hope your sisters too will embrace and, and, and continue to do this Filipino heritage. What about your siblings? Do do they do these traditions? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. They're too modern now, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. So, But for me, it's mm -hmm. important. So what was the
1: transition like from the Philippines to here in America like? It was more a background. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard.
2: It's hard for me because it's... When I migrated here in the U.S., I had to adapt mm-hmm. when, the when, U.S. way of living. When did you migrate? Oh, on 1988, when I migrated to the U.S. And at that time, I I knew to the U.S. way of living, so I struggled. So, so I when I migrated to the U.S., I struggled a little bit because mm-hmm. I find it a hard time to adapt. In the u.s way of living when i got here i don't have a job so although before i immigrated i uh, i told you i graduated with a bsba degree major in accounting i work in a, uh, one of the prestigious banks in the philippines but when i get here in the u.s i started my first job here was i i deliver newspaper the new york times mm-hmm. i i do this at nighttime. I drive around in the Marine County. I deliver the newspaper. And, and I, at the same time, I worked my second job in a hotel, in a front desk. I am charged of checking in, checking out customers. And then finally, I got lucky and got hired. Found a new, better job, uh, a stable one in a freight forwarding business. I, I worked there for 12 years. I became a supervisor. And then I uh, moved on until I applied to the University University of California, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I, I I was hired there as a accounting clerk until I became a supervisor. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So it sounds like you were you got pretty stable at, at a good pace here or
2: no? Yeah. Well, like no, there was. Progress, uh, improvement, but it took a while before mm-hmm. I reached that copper zone. I would say.
1: When you were in your not comfortable zone, what were you doing? Like, were you, you did you migrate with your
2: parents here? No, my parents are already here. Mm-hmm. when I migrated, so it's it's only and my my two siblings, my two sisters, they were already here in the U.S. So I migrated here by myself. By but I, I, my, I live uh, in my sister's house with my parents when I first got here. But only for six months because I moved out and rented a room with my cousin in in Daly City. I struggled a little bit, and I really worked hard just to make ends meet because I don't want to be so dependent to my parents. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How has the Filipino diaspora contributed? Oh, yeah. I don't like that. Okay, Dad. One of my last questions to you. How has the Filipino diaspora contributed to the preservation and evolution of the Filipino heritage?
2: What is diaspora? I don't know the meaning of diaspora. Can you? The you
1: diaspora is the dispersion or like spread of a people from the original
2: homeland. So, Filipino migrating to other places yeah, to other countries from your homeland. and then you said the preservation and evolution of and the of, evolution of, of the Filipino you know, heritage. You know, heritage I don't think it's still they, they 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 still prioritize about the preserving and practicing the Filipino heritage because people from the Philippines migrated to other countries to seek greener pasture because the life in the Philippines is so hard. It's so poor. So people migrated to other countries to have a better life. So their priority is to earn money. And somehow the heritage is not their priority anymore. So they don't, they don't practice it anymore. Or they don't preserve or all value it anymore. Because they have to work. They have to earn money and send money to the Philippines. To support their, their family. But there are a few, a few people... That still value this and they still want to carry this on. So they, 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 they still preserve it. And I think it's better for you, Benedict, and maybe for me too, that we should go and attend these uh, festivities, the Filipino heritage. So we're going to learn more about the Filipino heritage. We're going to value and we're still going to continue to practice and exercise. So, so this won't get lost. Yeah. Mm.
1: And that's why that's why I joined this podcast. My intention in joining this podcast was to get a deeper understanding of our Filipino culture while learning a new skill set, talking, that's good, inter- interviewing, and while you know getting to understand more of you and
2: our Filipino roots. That's good, Benedict. I think you should, yeah, I, 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 it's good that you joined this podcast. And I would recommend that you should invite your Filipino friends to join this one too, so you spread out the uh, to carry on this Filipino heritage, so it it won't get lost down the road. So it's good that you join this, and you should be inviting your friends to uh, do the same. Yeah. And 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 if what? you find out any Filipino cultural events, the Filipino heritage, because. Once in a while they do it here, or once in a year they do it here in the US. We should be attending attending it. So you're gonna learn more. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, me too. To to so I can remember the Filipino heritage culture, tradition and culture that somehow I forget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: If you had a chance, who would you interview someone someone like this interview?
2: Lonnie? Don Lonic is too old, <laughs> yeah. But some 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 other people the parents especially who just migrated who just yeah. recently migrated Grated. here in the US if someone that's, that's a good source of information about the Filipino heritage you should interview these these older people that just migrated here in the US yeah
1: okay dad I think we reached the end of our interview all okay. right thank you for your time and your knowledge, at, and you were able to share it with me.
2: Well, I wish I could tell you more, more candidly about the Filipino uh, culture and heritage. Uh, some of them I may have forgotten. That's why I want. This is good for me too. Yeah. Jogging your head. Yes, yes, and remembering. So uh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed uh, this discussion. Yeah yeah thank you too thank you too Mm -hmm.
1: not only you dad i want to thank but i want to thank the listeners that reached up until this point of the podcast thank you for being a dedicated listener of our podcast your commitment and support in listening to our entire podcast episode means a lot and we are truly grateful for your unwavering enthusiasm in this interview my dad covered his individual background elucidating listeners about his experience being a Filipino American. He displayed his impressions of the modernization of the Philippines. First, we began by highlighting the diverse heritage of the people of Philippines, which draws influences from indigenous traditions, Spanish colonization, and various Asian cultures. This unique blend has shaped Filipino cuisine, language, music, dance, and religious practices, creating a vibrant culture We also discussed how modernization has impacted Filipino society and the challenges it presents with the diaspora and globalization. The Philippines has witnessed rapid urbanization and a shift towards a more westernized lifestyle. This has resulted in the emergence of a generation that is both proud of its heritage and eager to embrace modern ideas and trends. Furthermore, we explored the importance of preserving Filipino traditions and heritage in the face of modernization. We discussed efforts to promote cultural awareness and appreciation, such as cultural festivals, museums, and educational programs. These initiatives play a crucial role in preserving Filipino identity and fostering a sense of pride among the younger generation. Additionally, we highlighted the significance of Filipino diaspora communities in spreading awareness about Filipino heritage around the world. Through their cultural events, organizations, and social media platforms, overseas Filipinos are actively contributing to the preservation and celebration of their heritage. Overall, our conversation shed light between Filipino heritage and modernization, while emphasizing the importance of valuing and preserving the rich cultural legacy of the Philippines.
0: I really appreciated this conversation with Benny and his dad. One takeaway from this conversation that I really enjoyed was the lesson his father gave of the resilience of our people and our ability to revolt against our oppressors. The Philippines' history of colonization by Spain and the subsequent resistance led by individuals like Dr. Jose Rizal and Andres Bonifacio illustrates how a nation can unite against colonial forces. Their conversation also highlighted the role of personal heroes, like Benny's great uncle, Pepe, who demonstrated resilience by actively participating in the guerrilla movement against the Japanese invasion. This reminds me of my own family history, where my grandmother was a guerrilla fighter during World War II. In January 1942, my grandma's senior year of college was interrupted by the invasion of the Japanese. She was actually forced to leave campus and flee to the mountains for safety. At this time, all the coastal towns were under Japanese control in the Philippines. And my grandma, Estrella, eventually returned to her hometown of Dipolo to find even more Japanese there. She eventually organized an underground resistance against the Japanese and helped to overtake them with the American soldiers. See, these family stories underscore the idea that individuals, whether on a national, or even personal level, can play a crucial role in resisting oppression and shaping the course of history. Overall, this lesson emphasizes the power of collective and individual resilience in the face of oppression and colonialism. Their conversation reflects the importance of intersectionality and knowing our family roots. Benny's dad expressed his commitment to preserving their own cultural traditions, specifically those related to Christmas Eve. I love how he described the family's yearly Noche Buena Fiesta Feast, highlighting dishes like nilaga, the Filipino beef bone marrow soup, and the importance of staying together as a family during this Christmas season. I think the importance of preserving and passing down cultural practices across generations is important. And with a Christmas just around the corner, I'm actually thinking of my own family traditions, like which ones do I wanna pass down to my son and which ones are we actually going to intentionally decolonize and make our own? Listening to their conversation today I really appreciated Del Rosario's tradition of putting family and food as a priority on Christmas Eve instead of consumerism and gifts like most American families. And participating in cultural traditions I think provides individuals with a sense of identity and belonging. It helps us understand our roots, it fosters a connection to our own cultural and even personal family histories. So I hope this episode today and this conversation with Benny and his dad encourages all of us to dig just a little deeper with our elders this holiday season, uncovering something new about our own traditions and our own roots. I'm excited to announce that Bligh Creative will continue our Unsung Heroes podcast program next summer. We aim to teach youth in the Bay Area how to produce their very own podcasts. And we are giving 10 high school youth the opportunity to attend a summer program of workshops to learn how to interview, research, edit, and produce your own podcast.
1: What I enjoyed most about this program is talking to my dad and strengthen our bond together and my biggest lesson or takeaway that i got from this program unsung heroes is the new skill sets it offered such as speaking interviewing and most of all strengthening and finding my voice which like i could share my voice and share some positive thoughts and knowledge
0: you can find more information about our unsung heroes youth podcast program and teens can apply for a full scholarship at balaicreative.org. Creative with a K. This podcast is co-produced by John Reyes and Balai Creative and is a product of Cultivate Labs. Stay in touch at balaicreative.org. And from all of us at Cultivate Labs, happy holidays and have a fantastic, magical new year.